0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated.
1: Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 475. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Facebook. Changes its name to Meta. What does it mean and what can we expect? Tech support scams top the list of cyber threats in Norton's latest report. And Belkin releases affordable headphones that come with wireless chargers or power banks. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the latest Sennheiser true wireless earphones. DJI has released a new Action 2 camera. And Samsung has increased the size of its lifestyle TVs. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, we know the social media platform as Facebook, but the company had changed its name to Meta. A lot of people are a little confused. I'm going to try to explain what it all means. But basically, the social media platform, for those who were worried, is still going to be called Facebook. The other social media platforms that are owned by Facebook, including WhatsApp and Instagram and Messenger, are all going to remain the same as well. So social media platforms, communication apps, they are not changing the parent company that is the name change meta is going to be now the parent company just like google's parent company i think it's called alphabet or something it's not it's just not google but this is facebook's way of or like kind of announcing its path for the future and it's it, the timing of it is it is a little odd it does come a couple of weeks after some very negative press about the platform, about Facebook, about uh, especially since the claims made by a whistleblower, which basically, summing up what she had to say, was basically the company's more interested in profits than public safety. They're, they're not doing enough to do things like monitor and moderate hate speech. Uh, there, there's a lot of political posts and, and, and things, inaccuracies on the platform as well. And these have been kind of swept aside uh, just to keep the Facebook money machine ticking over, serving up data, collecting data, directing ads. That's kind of their, that's that's the model. That's their revenue model. And I've always said Facebook is a social media platform that's free to use, but that the the users are the product. We are, our data is farmed and, and shared. And I think we all know this by now that that's the cost of doing business. If you want to be on Facebook, it's these, all this data that can be collected. There are ways to limit that, but it, it is basically the currency that of, of, of Facebook is our data. And yeah, you get the odd ad, that's served up to you and perhaps on other sites, but uh, that, that's a story for another day. But in this instance, the the renaming, odd timing, but interesting nonetheless of the, the plans and the, the sheer scope of what, what they're trying to do. And Mark Zuckerberg uh, made a, they they had a presentation and he made a video that was talking about those plans and he explained basically that when when Facebook was created the internet was was a certain level you know, we were sharing text we were sharing photos we graduated to video we're now into the next phase of the internet which is virtual reality augmented reality. And that he sees as the path forward. Now, depending on how you view this, the whole virtual reality future that he was that he was describing, I found a little depressing, I have to be honest. I, I thought, is that our future, sitting in a dark room with a pair of goggles on? Like is that what we're gonna do? Is that how we're gonna is that how we're gonna work with with collaborate? Is that how we're going to play? I know gaming is already very popular in the virtual reality space. I do know virtual reality is also big in in certain industries where training and engineering and all all these endeavours are made easier by virtual reality. But the way Mark Zuckerberg was describing all of this, his examples were people sitting around virtually rather than being physically together. And that that is something that we've been used to for the last couple of years we've been separated because of the pandemic we've had to connect virtually connect over zoom teams skype or whatever whatever you chose to connect and that whole virtual connection was was necessary but he implied that we're sort of used to it by now so let's make it a better connection and by that he means a virtual connection so you can create your own avatar you can be seen a certain way there if someone's trying to call you a little window pops up and you can talk to them directly via video call or however you want to do it but uh, he also had examples of collaboration where you both you know, people colleagues working on the same on the same project and they're all dialed in through their virtual reality and and uh, it was he was painting the rosiest picture possible but I don't know to me it seemed a little depressing that is that is that our future? Us sitting on our own, wearing goggles and interacting virtually. I, ho- I hope that's not the case. But this is this uh, this ambitious uh, vision of his is something that is not going to be done a overnight. It's going to take quite some time to for, for that to be for that to to take place. Sort of the the sheer infrastructure and also the 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 mood of the internet is that is that going to be is are we ready for that? Is that something that, is this a ploy for Facebook to try to be more relevant to younger people? And that was an interesting stat that I read was that I think the average age of a Facebook user is uh, in their 40s, uh, so Facebook's kind of become the the parents' platform where you are your, your your mum and dad is but is, is, is supposed to be on this platform while the cool people are are still on are on TikTok and Snapchat and, and all those other cool platforms. So is this a ploy for Facebook to try to reach that younger demographic again with this this kind of technology? Uh, hard to say. It is it is uh it is I think a long time to come. I don't expect this to be happening overnight another interesting thing to consider, too, is the fact that that Facebook is the owner of Oculus, which is uh, a brand uh, that creates virtual headsets. it It acquired that company some time ago. And this whole VR ecosystem, the whole virtual reality, this whole goal, this vision, had been around for quite a while. In fact, this isn't this isn't an overnight thought that Facebook had since they acquired Oculus some years ago this was always a path that they were always willing to walk down. And we are seeing now that the rubber's starting to hit the road, that the the VR developer community is growing. So Facebook sees this, or I should say Meta sees this as the right time to help those developers build, monetize their apps and tools, and to take it to the next level. Uh, He's saying that the metaverse will help us closer to feeling that in-person presence, sharing a space rather than a screen. So at the moment, it's a screen. He says it's better if it's a space. And he's saying that the, the company's going to build this. They're going to run, own or run a metaverse of its own. They'll be collaborat- collaborating with policymakers and experts and industry partners. So it seems that the, the internet that we know of today is not going to be the same as what's coming. So the, the internet is evolving, and this is what he sees as that evolution. Plenty of plans in place. The areas of the metaverse that they're talking about include social VR. So that that's including a new a new product called Horizon Home, where it's a new social version of your home where you're embodied as an avatar. Uh, messenger calling in VR as well. So you'll be able to communicate with friends across your apps and devices, including uh, Portal, which is their own product. So in calling in VR something you can expect in messenger On the fitness side, there's already virtual reality applications to fitness, so boxing and fitness classes and and various things like that, so expect that as well. VR for work, which we already touched on, so uh, being able to collaborate, uh, giving you different kinds of work capabilities and management, so uh, expect that in our future as well. And, of course, on the developer side, there's the uh, whole Oculus development platform where we're talking about presence platform, so it'll be a a broad range of machine perception and AI capabilities that will enable developers to build these mixed reality experiences on this platform. So uh, expect that as well. But uh, look, I think uh, we've already talked about the gaming side of things where that's already quite popular and I I don't know where they're going to draw the line. Uh, Augmented reality is also a part of Meta's plans. And you can recall a few months ago, Facebook had partnered with Ray-Ban to create the Ray-Ban Stories glasses. So That's already something that they've got in, that's literally already available to buy. So glasses that can shoot little videos and photos from your point of view. And uh, that could potentially be something that's that's, uh, adapted to augmented reality. So putting a, a digital layer over what we're seeing is another thing I think we can expect. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think... Look, depending on what side of this you're on, I think there are some aspects of this that are exciting. Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's all boring and depressing, but there are—it it is ambitious. I don't know how well it's going to be received, how well that younger audience is going to accept this, whether that's going to bring them back to the platform. A lot of questions still to be answered, but uh, Facebook is no longer called Facebook, the parent company anyway. Meta is its name and the metaverse is its goal. If you want to read more about that, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, one of our sponsors on the Tech Guide podcast is Norton, uh, as you know, and they released a report, the, the new report, the Consumer Cyber Safety Pulse report. So, uh, and th- this is, you got to remember, Norton is a company that that, c- that knows is on the front line of all these threats and scams and things that are happening and, and, of course, develops tools to protect us. And the reason they can make those tools is because they are on that forefront and seeing all these scams and, and security threats that are coming in. At the moment, their latest report says that tech support scams are the number one phishing threat for for people right now and The bad news is it's going to increase as we approach the Christmas holiday period. Now, a tech support scam is the alert where it's disguised as a notification on your computer. So the bad news would be that if you are getting this type of alert, there may already be some malware on your computer. If you do have software, some internet security like Norton 360, which I recommend every week, and that I use myself then you are protected so this sort of malware cannot be installed on your computer unless you click a file and even then the, the security software should 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 swing into action but how these tech support scams work is that they are disguised as a a a, a notification on your computer so basically it's the the classic your pc's at risk so you, a lot of people thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And then you click on that notification, and then it still talks you through, and this is an attempt then to steal your personal information, take money from your bank, or install software on your device or computer, whatever you happen to be using. Now, this is the timing of this is... It's savvy on the cyber criminals part. The, these people know, they play into the situation. They know that during the pandemic, there's a lot more people working from home. They're relying on their computers. They're relying on their mobile devices. They're working from home, learning from home, so that they're leaning into their technology. If anything goes wrong with that, they're in trouble. They can't do their job or they can't they can't learn. They can't do those things that they are expected to do. And that's why these support scams have increased mm-hmm. and why they are becoming the number one danger. Uh, we, they know that how reliance on our, on our computers and our devices. Now, how Norton's described this in their report, it's really interesting. And, and it's what, I've, what I describe as the three points of the scam triangle. There are three things that they play on. Number one is fear. Fear that, oh, hang on, there's something wrong with my computer. That, that's bad news. I'm scared. What do I do? The second thing is uncertainty. I don't know how to fix this. I need help. What the hell am I going to do? And the third point is doubt. We're thinking, well, what? I don't know. Is this real? What do I do? So there's all this confusion playing on those other factors, and that's kind of the the, the deadly trilogy of things that happen here. So after the initial contact, these criminals will try to compel you to make a decision. After you've made the initial contact, they're going to say, right, you need to do something here and uh, what they'll try to get you to do is off, give them control, ask for you to give them control of your PC or hand over your credit card information so they can bill you for their services in inverted commas. So they're, that's, they're the steps they follow. Now, just to give you an idea of how prevalent this is, Norton blocked more than 12.3 million tech support urls with these tech support scams. So the tech support scams topped the list of phishing threats for 13 weeks in a row between July and September. So in Australia alone, Norton has successfully blocked more than 35 million cyber safety threats. That's just in the past quarter. That 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 that, that works out at 395,000 blocks a day. Now, globally, the figures are even more scary. For the same quarter, they reached globally 860 million, including 41 million file-based malware, 309,000 mobile malware files. So these these are your mobile devices they're targeting, your smartphones and tablets, and nearly 15 million phishing attempts, 52,000 ransomware detections. So I think... Number one, we need to be protected. But number one, number two, don't ever think it's dangerous if you think this way. Don't ever think it'll never happen to me. Because I think the mindset we should have is it's not a matter of when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. That's how we should be thinking. That's how on guard we should be. So these tech support scams are just one example of the many ways these cyber criminals are trying to get into our system to get at our identity, to get at our bank accounts, to get our credit card details, our passwords, all these things. So we need to be really vigilant. If there is a... If you think your PC might be at fault then contact the manufacturer. Do don't be clicking on links and giving people permission to take over your computer. Do your own investigation. So never call the number listed on a tech support pop-up. Reach out to the company directly through their official website to validate what's going on and to see what next steps, if any, that need to be taken. Just be careful out there people. It is a really important thing and as Christmas approaches as we said It's going to increase. So be very, very careful what you're clicking on. Of course, protect yourself. Have your internet security software. That's a no-brainer. And we recommend Norton, of course. They have five licenses. There's a special offer too. Listen in to the the Norton ad later on in the the podcast. You'll find out a way you can save more than half price on your Norton security. But uh, look, it is something important. Having internet security is like the seatbelt in your car. You'll hopefully never need it. But when, when, when it is needed, you'll be glad you've got it. So if you uh, ha- haven't protected yourself, then you're only asking for trouble. You want to read more about that report and see all those stats, you can check it out. Techguide.com.au.
0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
1: Now, Belkin is a company we know. They're one of the sponsors of the Tech Guide podcast. They have released a range of new Earphones. They're called Soundform. They're the Soundform range. They're affordable earphones. They've also got a pair of children's headphones they've released as well. But there are three pairs of, of earphones, and the most expensive is only one hundred and ninety-nine ninety-five. dollars 95 And these have noise cancellation. They've got the Find My uh, capability. They've got uh, capacitive controls and a, 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 what they call environmental noise cancelling, uh, eight hours battery life. So all, all the bells and whistles on the Freedom True wireless earbuds, which is at the top of their line uh, in the Soundform range. Next down is the Soundform Rise True Wireless Earbuds. They're one hundred and nineteen ninety five. They have a they they also have uh, six millimeter drivers, capacitive controls as well. They do have environmental noise cancellation, seven hours of battery life, and the. Of most affordable are the Soundform Move Plus True Wireless earbuds, $89.95. They don't have any noise cancellation. They do have a rich sound, though. Capacitive controls. They have the 6 millimeter driver. They have the same acoustic system as well. Five hours of battery life. But you know what all those earphones have in common? On their own, I think that's pretty decent value what you're getting. So decent earphones, wire, wire-free technology. On their own, that's a good price. But each one of those earphones comes with a either a charging pad or a power bank. So this, the Freedom True Wireless Earbuds, $199.95, they come with a dual wireless charging pad. So you can charge not only the earbuds, but also your phone or another device at the same time. Now, the next one down, which is the SoundForm Rise True Wireless Earbuds, one hundred and nineteen ninety five, they come with a sound bank, with a, a power bank, I should say, not a sound bank, sound form is the earphones. They come with a power bank, a 10K power bank, so 10,000 milliamp hour power bank, so you can recharge not only the earphones, but your phone at the same time. Now, the Soundform Move Plus True Wireless Earbuds, right? they are ninety five. Now, on their own, that's a solid price, great price, but you also get a wireless charging pad, as well. That's included with that price. Now, for kids, they've also come up with the Soundform Mini on-ear wireless earphones. Now, they're $39.95. They're available in the coming weeks. The earphones are available now through Big W, but the earphones for kids are coming. uh, And what's special about these is that they're A, available in a range of cool colours, so really bright, fun colours. But they also have you know a, a, an, an acoustic system that is built for kids so they're protecting their sensitive hearing so it can't be turned up too loud it, do, it allows them to enjoy their music and videos on their devices whatever they're watching or listening to but they do have, offer the protection so that they they they're not listening to sounds that are too loud for their sensitive young ears, uh, really important as well. The sound form range available from Big W, as we said, they uh, the the top of the line are one ninety nine ninety five. All these details are on Tech Guide, by the way, so you can see pictures and what what you get in the box in terms of the charger, power bank, wireless charger, and you can see those kids earphones as well. All that information, the sound form range, exciting stuff from our good mates at Belkin. If you want to check that out, you can find it at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi.
0: And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec.
1: Kicking off the Tech Guide reviews this week, we've got the Sennheiser CX Plus True Wireless Earphones. Now, I've got to say, I'm a fan of Sennheiser. They're a German brand, been around for quite a while. They do make some really, really good earphones, and these are amongst them. Now, these are $259.95. Let's call it $260. These have noise cancellation, active noise cancellation, and they're from Sennheiser. So they've got uh, German engineering under the hood. So True Response Transducer, that's their own acoustic system. So the same bespoke acoustic system that are even found on the premium earphones, give you that same hi-fi sound, really detailed treble, nice mids and really good bass as well. That's what you get for 260 bucks, the CX Plus True Wireless Earphones. Now design-wise, they do look very similar to previous models and the Sennheiser earbuds tend to be on the slightly larger side. So they're they're a little bit bigger than normal. And yeah, competitor earphones are slightly smaller. For us Still offered a good fit, so in twisted fit, not a problem. Uh, so it was comfortable secure. Now, if you're if you have if you've got small ears, uh, and there are silicon tips in the box that help you uh, adapt it to fit to fit you a little bit more comfortably, but just something to consider that they are a, a slightly bigger than, than competitor earphones, and that's to fit in all their technology, of course, their uh their transducer and the drivers and the battery and all of that in there but it is slightly bigger than normal. But yeah, not a deal breaker. If, if you've got pretty, really particularly small ears, it might be a concern, but I think, look, we're, we've all got different ears, but these generally fit pretty comfortably. They're just slightly bigger than other products. like The Jabra Elite 7 Pro, for example, probably one of the smallest earbuds that we've reviewed. I think we reviewed that last week or the week before. So they are really small. In fact, so small, when you're wearing them, it's I think people are going to struggle to see them. That's how well they fit in your ear. I wear them when I'm on Sky News on a Saturday morning because how Sky News works is that we do it over Skype, but they, my my earpiece is uh is a phone call and and I have my earphone so I can I'm hearing the audio through the phone call. But they take my video and audio feed through my microphone and my camera at in my studio here at home. So um, I wear them on air, and you can barely know that I've got them on. Uh, so that, that's a good thing. But if you have all the Sennheisers, you will be noticing those. But as I said, fits fit, fit me really well. They they were great if you want to be running, walking. They've got uh they they've got an IPX4 rating, so they're sweat and water resistant. Uh, so if you want to train in them, you don't have to hold back. You can go as hard as you want because the sweat and water won't affect it. Now, audio-wise, of course, these earphones are really impressive quality and. What helps with that is the ability to block out the ambient noise with active noise cancellation. So there are microphones that are active, and can, can can hear what's going on around you, the ambient sound, and generate the reverse sound wave so that you're hearing less of it. It's it's not it's not the best ANC we've heard, but it's really impressive. The Sennheiser uh, in there, especially in their top, their more expensive models, their sound noise cancellation is superb. These these are above average. Let's just say. Uh, and look, if, if, if you want to focus on what you, what you want, ANC is great, but they do have, there are times where you need to hear what's going on around you and they have transparent hearing. That's a mode that allows you to use those external mics which are normally used by the ANC to detect your ambient sound. So you, those external mics are switched on in transparent hearing mode so you can hear the outside sounds better than ever without even needing to take the earphones out. So if you're walking up to order a coffee or you're listening for your flight to be called, you will be able to hear that even though you are still wearing the earphones. Very handy, especially a lot of people, as I said, like to exercise in these. So if you're running near a road or traffic, it's, it's really you really need to keep your wits about you and know, hear what's going on around so uh, that is the that is the uh, a good feature to have there touch controls also on each of the buds are customizable through the Sennheiser app as well Uh, the app has an equalizer too you can maybe have a have a go at tweaking tweaking the sound a little bit the equalizer is changes it slightly doesn't have a massive effect like we chose bass boost so that helped pump up the bass a little bit not not didn't drastically change the sound but i find that none of those built in equalizers in the apps do much but just sort of change the sound slightly but i think it just sort of they want the customer to think that they've got some control over how it sounds anyway uh, for voice calls too, the uh, they've got dual mics, so voice call quality is uh, it has been improved, and I think that's really important for a lot of customers now because we are wearing these so often that we want to be able to talk on the phone clearly, be heard clearly, hear the call clearly, and we don't want to take them out. Like I'm often out walking or running or in the gym or something, and if I get a phone call I'd rather be able to talk through the earphones rather than have to fun, fumble and take an earpl- an earphone out and all of those sorts of things. Even on the radio, I do some radio uh, with my, these earphones in as well. There's a, there's a number of, a number of uh, times where I'm, I'm wearing earphones to, uh, while I'm on, the, on calls and, and even during my, some of my radio segments. So calls are good, uh, acceptable quality. Uh, we've heard better, but these still uh, work out pretty clearly. Uh, there is also you get I know I get this question a lot too whether they can be used uh, independently. So you can use them with one. You can have the left or right. You can use them individually if you don't want to wear the pair. Up to you. They've also got smart pause. So to, when you remove the earbud, or it it pauses what you're listening to. So look, overall, I think uh, you know, battery-wise, eight hours of playback too, which is really good. So you see, having that slightly bigger size means a, a slightly bigger battery, which means uh, longer playtime. So that, that's an advantage here. So eight hours on their own and then another 18 hours of power with the case as well. The CX Plus True Wireless Earphones, available now, a price of $260, bucks. let us call it. But if you want to read our complete review, check that out at techguide.com.au. DJI. When I say that, I'm pretty sure the first thing that comes to mind are drones, and they are probably the best drone manufacturer in the world. They're very well known for them because they're very high quality. They've got great camera technology on board. They also have very good stabilization, so gimbals, it's rock steady. And they've brought that technology into their latest action camera, the DJI Action 2. It's a really interesting design, this one. This is a modular design. So small, they've got magnetic attachment. So you can can attach another battery, another screen, uh, a a tripod, a a handle, uh, an extra battery. It does allow you to customize this for how you want to use it. And now, being an action camera, of course, you want to be able to use this uh, clip it to yourself so you get a first-person view, or clip it to a surfboard or a skateboard or whatever. So there is a there is a mounting system that's very similar to the GoPro system, uh, but these do need like these these are tiny by the way. The actual little unit on its own is just fifty six grams, so really small, small enough to take anywhere. But it does need a waterproof housing. If you need to, if you take out surfing or wherever you are in the water, it does need housing, unfortunately. It does not like GoPro, which is waterproof out of the box and without the need for housing but these, this does require it. It's, it's pretty small, so you can clip it to yourself, clip it to whatever uh, it, is, it is that portable. Shoots 4K video at up to 120 frames per second. So I think this is kind of a play at not just action and extreme sports, but also for vlogging, content creators. There's a time-lapse function on board as well. So uh, really, I think, suitable to a wide range of users. It's dustproof, waterproof, drop-proof. It's got all the proofs. And uh, so whatever you throw at it, it's going to re- easily handle it. So as I said, it's made up of a main camera unit and other modules, including a front touchscreen module, a power module, and various mounting peripherals. They can all be interchanged. So, if you take a look at the photos on Tech Guide, there's a like magnet on the bottom of the camera that can attach those other attach and clip into place those other things. I don't know how strong that attachment's going to be. So, uh, I, I haven't actually tested this myself, but I have seen others and they do tend to come off those attachments. So, I don't know how uh, adventurous you want to get with this, but it is knowing it's from DJI, you know, the quality of video you're going to get is remarkable. It does have a one point sync. 1.6-inch OLED touchscreen uh, on on the back. Now you remember the original DJI camera had it was like looked like a GoPro, but the one feature it had, which GoPro ended up adopting, was a front-facing screen, so you could frame yourself in the shot. Ironically, they don't have that anymore. The designs change. GoPro has adopted that design. They've gone with this modular design, uh, so you can have. You can attach an additional OLED screen uh, so that you're, you've you got the camera and you can see yourself. That's a, You need a, a second module for that because the main module, the screen is on the back. If you want a second screen, you have to attach another module. Uh, for for that to happen. The screen's protected too with Gorilla Glass. It also uses haptic feedback so you get more precise control and easy navigation through the menu system. And uh, there is a feature called Snapshot which allows you with the long press of the power button to turn the camera on and be instantly recording so you're not going to miss a thing. The Action 2, as I said, 4K, 120 frames per second, 155 degree field of view. So you can capture all your surroundings. It also incorporates their own stabilization technology called Rocksteady 2.0. There's also a Horizon Steady, which means that the, you maintain a level frame throughout the whole video. And the camera on its own can run for up to 70 minutes, 160 minutes when it's connected with the touch front screen module, because it's got its own battery, and 180 minutes if it's connected to the power module. So, of uh, there's photos on Tech Guide for you to see how this all works: the mounting system, the modular system, and the uh, the optional, uh, you know, necklaces and handles and other, other peripherals. But plenty of uh, features on board, so that you've got hyperlapse and time lapse, slow motion, quick clip. You can even live stream with the uh, DJ DJI Action 2, so uh, that that also works for you if that's what you want to do. Plenty of a huge family of peripherals, including microphones, waterproof cases, magnetic headband a magnetic adapter mount a ball joint adapter adapter mount plenty for you to choose from now it starts available now priced at $799 and for that you get the action camera 2 unit front touchscreen module magnetic lanyard magnetic ball joint adapter mount and the magnetic adapter mount so that's pretty that's all filled in there the dji action 2 power combo that's $699 that includes the, ca- the camera Uh, the power module, the magnetic lanyard, and the magnetic adapter mount as well. Uh, All those other accessories, though, are sold separately. The DJI Action 2 camera, the modular system, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, there are TVs, and as Samsung will tell you, there are lifestyle TVs. And the two in particular that have been very popular in the Samsung portfolio are the Frame, which is a TV that when it's not on, looks like a work of art. You think, oh, that's, that's a, a painting, and it's actually the TV. And the other is the Serif, which is another lifestyle TV that has a unique look and shape. It's from side on, it looks like the letter I. It is uh, got a really interesting look and feel. Uh, but what's what these two have in common apart from being lifestyle TVs is they have now grown. They're now available in larger sizes. The frame, which is already available in various sizes including 32 inch, 43 inch, 50 inch, 55 inch, 65 inch and 75 inch models that it is has now been joined, by an 85-inch model. That's a big TV. And these are very popular, I've got to say. I've, I've seen these in the flesh. They look fantastic. It's obviously meant to be mounted. So if you've got this on your wall, and it's for, that, it's for the person who wants to have something on there that's not just a boring black rectangle when it's not working, when it's not on. So, if you're not watching TV with the frame, you can turn on art mode, which gives you these galleries from all over the world, and you can just be displaying a painting or your own photos or whatever it happens to be, but it does look like someone's hung up work of art on your wall. It is remarkable, but now available in eighty five inch, that's a serious size TV and a serious size work of art for those who want to uh, decorate their home as well as be entertained by the TV aspect of this as well. Now, you've got to remember, this is also a QLED TV, so this isn't, though they haven't skimped on the technology side of things, these are still uh, top-of-the-line 4K QLED TVs in those sizes that I've described. Now, moving up to the Serif, the Serif was already available in 43-inch and 55-inch models. They've now released a 65-inch version of the Serif TV. Now, the Serif was designed by a couple of French brothers, the Boralek brothers, I think their names are, and they have designed this so that, the, as I said, from side on, it looks like the letter I. So when you see a capital I, The top of the eye and the bottom of the eye are are almost like shelves. So they sort of frame the TV. So the top of the TV, you can actually rest things on it. But the bottom of the TV also has a slight shelf as well. So it does really look, it's a really really unique talking point, a conversation piece, if you like. Uh, It also comes with its own stand. The Serif is meant to be a freestanding television. You can put it on an entertainment unit if you wish. It does have a flat base, but there are four legs that come with it so it can be it can stand alone in your room. So you can really fit wherever you like. Now, this TV also QLED, 4K, 120 Hertz refresh rate, all the bells and whistles. It also has an NFC feature where you tap the top of the of the TV, so the top shelf, if you like, above the TV, that allows you to play content from your Android phone on the screen. So you tap the top of the device and you can be you can Share a song, a movie, whatever you want to share to the TV through NFC. Very cool the 85 inch frame tv is priced at six thousand eight hundred and ninety nine dollars and this is a lifestyle tv and as well as being a big tv that's kind of in the price range the serif 65 inch is a bit friendlier it's two thousand six hundred and ninety nine bucks and again very stylish tv i think available in some colors but really stylish so these are the samsung lifestyle tvs the frame 85 inches now available and the serif 65 inches now available if you want to take a close a look at these TVs, and I highly recommend that you do. You know where to go techguide.com.au. You're
0: listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, they're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximise gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide.
0: All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk.
1: The Tech Guide Help Desk, brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. We spoke earlier about their Soundform earphones, but they also make some handy products, including cables and power banks and wireless charging mats and uh, even holders for your AirTags, a lot of MagSafe products as well. So check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now on the help desk, I have been asked, there's a lot of customers who are now within 5G range of their, uh, in their home. So 5G, they now have the option of choosing whether to connect via the NBN or via their telco. On 5G. So this is the Telstra and Optus mainly. I think Vodafone will offer this service as well. But now customers have the choice, if they live in those areas, where you can have a 5G NBN connection, or no, sorry, a 5G home broadband connection, or the NBN. Now, the question I get asked most often is, is it worth it? Is it going to perform to the same level as the NBN? And my answer is, well, if they're offering you 5G coverage where you live, you are going to get a good result. And at the very worst, if you're getting 100 megabits per second, which for 5G is slow, by the way, then you're equaling the NBN. Now, you've got to remember, too, 5G networks are improving. So you may even get faster speeds. I know that Optus have a service, Telstra have a service, and they're averaging speeds of 300, 400, 500 megabits per second. That's five times what you'd expect on the NBN. So that's something to consider. You don't have to join the NBN. You, you can instead go with a 5G service. So what happens, you receive a modem with a SIM card in it, you you connect it, it connects to the network, and it forms a wireless network as well, and... It's business as usual, except you're not getting the NBN bringing the internet, you're getting it through 5G. The other thing to consider is how much data do you have? There are some 5G home broadband plans that have a limited amount of data. So you might have 500 gigabytes. There are others, I think, with unlimited data. That's what I would look for. There's a lot of, most telcos on the NBN now, so most providers, they offer The NBN connection where you can choose the speed, whether you want 25, 50, 100, or or sometimes even more if you live in certain areas with fiber. And there is also an upload speed too. That's nothing else to consider, considering how much we work from home. We might have to upload files, photos, whatever, Something else to consider as well. So the amount of data you get. I know a lot of the NBN plans. Most of them, in fact, have unlimited data. So you don't have to be looking, monitoring your data. You might, you might not. You'll be a lot of people with limited data will be monitoring. Or okay, I can't watch that in that Netflix series because it's going to waste my data. So I'm going to have to hold off. That's not what you want. Unlimited data would be the goal there but i think if you live in a in a solid 5g coverage network uh, in neighborhood then i would highly recommend you try it you you can get some remarkable speeds that are only going to get better The NBN will always be there. And if you you happen to live in like a fiber connector, you might have fiber to the premises, fiber to the curb. These areas where you can choose to go 250, maybe even a gigabit per second, that's the other option that you have. 5G for, for home users definitely maybe one gigabit per second, but NBN in some areas will. That's something to also consider. So plenty of choices there, whether you want 5G or the NBN. The bottom line is though, the speed is what you need. Well, that is our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you need to find out anything, any more about what we've spoken about on the program, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And please, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email. We might be talking about your question on the Tech Guide help desk. Info at techguide.com.au is the email address, or you can click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the website, and that will generate an an email that will come straight to my inbox. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.